Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. This is RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everybody and welcome along to our continuing live and exclusive coverage from the high-tech oils Bathurst six hours. Mount Panorama, one of the places in the world that racing drivers want to come and ply their trade. And we're just moments away from qualifying for the 2018 event. We've just had the Porsche Club of New South Wales out doing some of their regularity laps and they look to be having far too much fun out there. It has had to come to an end. Uh, the sun is shining. The wind has just got up a little bit from this morning if you were with us for the final practice session. I'm joined once again by uh, Richard Krill and Brian van der Wagen, who is uh, sitting directly to my right-hand side. It's not been beer and skittles for everybody, Brian. There's a few people who have had some issues uh, this morning, and indeed we won't see all of the 62 cars that were on the entry list out in this qualifying session. No, that's right. I believe we're down to 60 now, which means a 30-30 split uh, for this qualifying session that we're about to see here uh, this afternoon. So the Rob Haynick Kantian car, the number 91 machine, um, has unfortunately fallen by the wayside this morning. Also so as well, of course, dating back to yesterday, the 86 um, Pettis Racing Toyota 86, that is, has also uh, unfortunately um, fallen by the wayside as well. So that means we're down to uh, just the 60 cars now at the moment, which sets up for qualifying here this afternoon at Mount Panorama and uh, thoroughly looking forward to it. Couldn't ask for a better day, Creel Z. People have been just uh, popping in and out all through the day. Very much a family-friendly atmosphere here. I'm listening around the world on the... A Radio Show Limited network of channels. This is rapidly becoming one of my favourite events. And if you are listening within a decent uh, half a day's or three quarters of a day's drive here in Australia, honestly, put your plans on hold for tomorrow. You want to be here. We've seen some cracking racing today already. And stunning conditions for it too. John, good afternoon to you and Brian and to everyone here at the circuit and those of you listening on around the world. Uh, perfect conditions. 27.6 degrees at the moment. Uh, gentle breeze from the north. Uh, very low humidity. It's a dry heat here on this lovely autumnal day uh, in New South Wales Central West. If you're unfamiliar with this place, we've uh, come just over 200 k's inland from Sydney over the Blue Mountains to Australia's first inland settlement founded 202 years ago. Uh, and of course, this weekend we're celebrating the 80th anniversary of motor racing commencing here on April the 15th in 1938. It's but that a, was Easter weekend as well, It was the Easter wasn't weekend. It? Easter, yeah. it's, a, it's a movable feast. Yeah, yeah. Quite Which, literally a movable <laughs> feast. And we've been dining out on a, a birthday cake that we opened on Thursday to celebrate <laughs> the racetrack. Right up to this point, it's been keeping us nourished in the media it, centre. It might go for the next 80 years. It was that big. It was. It was yeah, impressive. Well, uh, we have a fourth voice to mm. introduce uh, in this uh, session, Krilzy. We do, uh, all the way from Queensland. Uh, we're <laughs> joining us in pit lane for this session and indeed our coverage on Fox tomorrow. It's a good afternoon to Mark Walker. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rich. Uh, great to be here at Bathurst. I tell you what, uh, nice and warm day down here and that's really uh, going to put a bit of a curveball out there for these guys because uh, a lot of them aren't familiar with the Hancock tyre. 
and finding that uh, sweet spot with the tyre pressures to start with is going to be something uh, that they have to work very, very hard at. And uh, one of the teams uh, that have been working very hard is the Dylan Thomas Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 10. They have done an engine change. They're just pour it, filling it up with oil at the moment and uh, they'll be good to go a little bit later on. Yeah, and that car blew an engine. It, it broke the top off a piston in practice this morning. Uh, brand new crate engine direct from Japan going in that car. So it should be good. But I spoke to Dylan between sessions and he said, look, if we do anything in this qualifying session, and bear in mind they're out in the second half of qualifying, it splits the field, slowest percent out first. If they do anything in this session, it will be running in the new engine. They don't expect to be contending for anything like a decent qualifying time. Yeah, and a reminder as well, when, we're, when Mark was talking about the tyres there, these are grooved tyres, ultra-high performance, R-rated uh, tyres that uh, you poss possibly use on a, a tractor. These are not the Hankook slicks that uh, you will have seen being used in various series around the world. This is uh, all down to the production-based nature of this great race. And it is a great race. And production-based racing in here in Australia has a very special place, Brian, close to any motorsport enthusiast's heart. Oh, that's exactly right. And, and you know, it is a, a poignant weekend when we do celebrate that uh, 80th, you know, birthday, I suppose, and so many incredible moments situated around this place at different points as well. You know, whether or not you go to the cutting and you look at the Dick Johnson saga from 1980 and, <laughs> and the rock, as per se, and the infamous Greg Murphy, Marcus Ambrose Dausch as well, and, and things like that, you know, not to mention the chase that was introdu uh, introduced back in 1987 uh, as well. And I think, you know, we'll add to that this weekend. We've already seen incredible moments in this race alone that's added to the history of Mount Paddle. Last year when, obviously, your leader of uh, Chaz Most at the time lost fifth and sixth gear at the time to lose the race in the final five minutes. And the, the story that came from that, of course, the Rochel Express team of, of Paul Morris and Luke Searle coming across the line in a, a basically a family-owned deal. And, and that was such a, an incredible moment last year. And fingers crossed, you know, we can have more of that again in the race tomorrow. It never disappoints, does it? A um, little bit of news in between sessions as well outside of the Dylan Thomas Tim Slade car. There's been some driver additions to the grid that we didn't cover off this morning because... We they were listening this we morning, We didn't know about it. Well, um, I think they were listening to what you said and they've realised that Krilzy <laughs> speaks well, the truth. Maybe to a point because one of the drivers actually got track time in that practice we had ah. earlier on this morning. So Garth Walden Racing, uh, biggest team here. They're running four cars. They've got 60 people working on them. Um, powerhouse outfit with a pair of Mercedes AMGs, an Evo Lancer, and indeed an SS Commodore in Class B2. Um, they've added third drivers to the Evo, which is the Brothers Cabbage from Queensland, and also to the number 45 AMG, which is driven by Craig Baird and Garth Walden. So GTA's Daniel Gaunt, hugely experienced guy and a very fast driver, will join the Cabbage boys in the Mitsubishi Lancer in the race for a cure car, car number 15. Brad Shields, a Bathurstian of note and a very capable racing car driver in his own right. He's been racing sports sedans lately. Uh, will join Baird and Walden in the A45. Now, Dan Gaunt will definitely drive the Evo 10 at some point in the race tomorrow. And that, as well as giving them some strategic flexibility, will help lift that car up the order board a little bit further. Brad Shields is on what you could probably term hot standby. They're not quite sure yet if he'll drive. It will be on a circumstance basis if the strategy requires it, if the safety cars drop either where they want it to or where they don't want it to, they'll have Brad there. But they've changed the regulations year on year 
and they don't have a minimum driver requirement time for a listed driver. So you don't ah. have to drive. It's not mandatory. So they've put him in as a, um, I guess, a banker just to have there in case and a pretty handy one at that. He did three laps in practice earlier today. Uh, and on his third lap on an old set of tyres, he did a 2.29. So straight onto the money, no problems. I, I want to talk about comparative times in a moment because I've had a fantastic stat tweeted through to at RSL underscore studio. But... We should have had cars fired up in the pit lane. It's not happening at the moment. Short delay to the start of this first of two qualifying sessions because of an incident in the previous session. The previous session being the uh, Porsche Club of New South Wales regularity session. I really hope someone hasn't banged <laughs> up one of those uh, lovely cars. We'll keep across that for the moment. But here's the start that you're going to love, Krilzy. Uh, this from Nick Birchall says, the fastest Hyundai XLs at the B6 at HR this weekend lapping the circuit with the chase in about the same lap times that the HK Monaro 327s and XTGTs were doing in 1968 Bathurst qualifying without the chase. Yeah. What yeah. Would, he, would, he, would he have a 256... 256.5, I think, was the new, lap, new lap record. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For which car was that? A 1500. That was the... Uh, the number eight, check it out, Graphics Race Talk sponsored uh, entry, uh, which is a very nice, very nice looking car. And that was that really was good livery. And ba battling back to the pack, actually. That yeah. was in the race. He wasn't out on his own. Mm. Uh, so new lap record for the Excels. Yeah, at, at what price? Progress. Uh, it's remarkable, isn't it? That the 1500cc pocket rocket shopping cart would do the same lap times as one of the, some of the great all-time muscle cars in Australian Some history. of the most cost-effective racing you can do anywhere in the world, I would say, mm. as well. Mm, it's incredible. Extraordinary stuff. Still on this slight hold at the moment, whilst the incident from the last session is being dealt with. Let's just take you through uh, the uh, guys who were quick this morning and possibly more importantly, Krilzy, yesterday afternoon when temperatures were more similar to what we're seeing. I, I mean, this morning we saw an extraordinary lap um, pulled out from virtually nowhere by Jordan Cox. Yeah, terrific, terrific lap by Jordan Cox. So the combined practice results, I think we take a look at this as a whole from the three practice sessions mm. we've had so far. So the fastest time of the weekend to date was Berwick Linton and Tim Lay at a 2.14.11, which was the fastest ever lap set by a production car. It was set in the morning session yesterday. Um, perhaps more relevant to this session, they did a 2.26.59 in practice two in similar conditions in the afternoon and a 26-1 this morning. Second fastest, Jordan Cox. That He set that time this morning. Terrific lap, 2.25-2.9. And then the Sharon Rentals BMW was third on their 25-8 that they banked this morning. So very impressive stuff, Brian. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, furthering uh, your point as well about this three-driver combination situation as well uh, for this weekend, you go back to last year and our race winners, you had Luke Searle and Paul Morris both nominated for that car. Also Barry Graham, who didn't in fact drive the six-hour itself. So that just, of course, further adds to your point. Got a couple of other interesting stats uh, for qualifying that we'll roll into here in just a moment. The closest margin from first back to second was in 2016, just point two of a second uh, last uh, sorry back in 2016 again we had four cars within a second but the key stat no one is yet to win this race from pole position it's extraordinary no, you're that, right. isn't it that is extraordinary by the way just hearing that it was the portok uh, i'm afraid it was a very lovely gt3 rs that uh, had the issue the 77 car in that last session that has now been cleared and 30 minutes have been put on the clock goes to prove though krilzy Fast over one lap, not necessarily a winner 
in endurance. No, absolutely right. Uh, and, and all sorts of variables often play into these races, Mark. And you've got We might come back to Mark because we are just struggling and dropping out with the signal there. We'll maybe get Mark just to wander out to the pit wall <laughs> to grab that chat if he can. Yeah, trying to stand the shed, How long it? have you had the car out there on track? It's a... This is its first race meeting. We brought it to Challenge Bathurst last year, straight out of the workshop. And I think we've done two test days before getting here, but the fuel tank arrived two weeks ago. So Friday last week was the first run with that. Are there any, you think, this stage, brakes, tyres? I think both of those. Uh, fuel as well. You know, it's, it's, it's quicker than the other cars, but, you know, they've all done those, or, you know, 25s or whatever, but the car won't go as long as a 1M on fuel. It'll use more tyres and it'll use more brakes. So, Obviously, uh, putting in for qualifying. Yeah, Tim's uh, going in for qualifying. Uh, see what he does. Best. Thank you. So that's Mark Walker speaking with Berwick Linton, the fastest driver, just on the very verge of our radio mic reception uh, here in pit lane. There's all sorts of RF frequencies floating around. So you think? Yeah, just a bit. Uh, but good to hear from Berwick and, and raises some salient points that that car will struggle compared to the BMW that they've raced for the last almost decade now uh, with brakes and tyre wear especially. And the other thing he said to me yesterday is, it's so much more thirsty than the old car. He I said bet. it just uses so much more juice. Now, just to sort of head off some Twitter questions, because I'm sure people will be asking, two 30-minute sessions, the bottom 30 as of the last, uh, the time set in the last free practice, and then the top 30. So all of the 60 cars have a 30-minute session, but there's only ever 30 cars out on the track at the same time. But then those times are combined, Brian. It's not as if you're stuck in your bottom 30. You're not qualified for position 31 down over. If, if somebody was to put in a, a time quick enough for pull from the bottom 30, it would stand as pull. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's funny how you, you mentioned that because last year, in fact, we had an exact split. So once we actually combined all the times at the end of qualifying last year, we had the top 27 at the end, still happened to be the top 27 at oh, the really? end of qualifying. Yeah. And then uh, from then on in, but yeah, like you mentioned, you will combine both times at the end of qualifying to give you the, the overall starting grid there for tomorrow. And obviously that poll time last year that we saw was a 225.487. You would think in these sort of conditions, that's probably going to be within the ballpark of what we'll expect uh, over this next hour as well. Yeah, and a few messages coming into me from Pit Lane just talking about this heat and that they say their, their cars have got improvement, but in the heat, we're not sure how much it's going to improve because obviously the pace will be slower. Uh, word from Race Control, there'll be another five minutes or so in this okay. clean-up at the top of the mountain and then we'll be underway, but these sessions should go full length. There is a, a contingency in the program to get some more time, so we should be okay. If you're a team manager now, though, Krilzy, you know, and you've got, a, particularly if you've got a turbocharged car, I think I'm saying to me, driver, don't go bonkers. I'm just saying, maybe knocking a couple of hundred revs off the, the rev limiter. Get the car around, get it in the field. You're not going to win. Well, Brian had the start. Yeah. You, you never win from Paul here anyway. So, guys, just get, get yourself a lap and get in towards the sharp end of, the, of your class. Yeah, I agree with that to a certain extent. But I, I, my, I go back to the stat that we use at the 12 hour every year, which is the race has never been won from lower than seventh. Yeah. So... You want to be out of the drama on the run into turn one, especially in this field where there's 
40 seconds between the fastest car to the slowest. Yeah. And on Conrod straight, there's upwards of 50 kilometres an hour in terms of speed difference. So my philosophy as a team manager would be, yes, don't break it. Yes, it's a six-hour race. Yes, there'll be a lot of safety car that we need to deal with at inopportune times. But we want to be somewhere near the front so we can just get those opening laps nice and clear and not get caught up in someone else's massive drama. Mark? Uh, Rich, uh, we'll try this down here. We've got George Medici out on the pit wall. Uh, George, you've got a bit of a dark horse this weekend. It's the biggest, heaviest car in the race, but uh, you're wheeling out some pretty good lap times. Yeah, it's, it's been something that we crept up onto, you know. The car obviously is good. Jeremy did a really good job in it last year, and they got to take it out on the second lap of the race. So, look, I'm enjoying it, mate, you know, creeping up on it and getting there. And it's, it's a fun car to drive, and it's something which, you know, we're going to be comfortable in in a race pace. So just going to sort of do the straps up a bit tighter and see if I can go faster in this qualifying session. The guys upstairs have been talking about the heat, and it's obviously a pretty warm part of the day. Any worries about that? Yeah, I think everyone's worried about heat, mate. It's um, Given it's a supercharged car, intake temperature is quite a big thing for it. Um, we've actually had a, a bag of ice sitting on the supercharger for the last little while, trying to cool it down ahead of qualifying. But look, the car has a lot of self-protection measures in there. It winds a lot of timing out. So in the heat, we're going to struggle a bit for power. Um, so everyone will expect us to be the fastest, but I don't think we will be. But we're hoping to just get to that last part of the race where the air starts to cool back down again and we can really start to make our way forwards. Thinking ahead to tomorrow, obviously strategy is going to be a massive part of the race. Yeah, absolutely. But the great thing is, is because Jeremy's so fast, you know, there's no, there's nothing to pick between us as drivers. So we've got a lot of flexibility in that sense, and we can sort of do what we need to at any given part of the the day. Really cool thing too, the car's looking after its tyres, which you wouldn't expect for something so heavy. So we actually ran the same set of tyres all the way through practice. So that time we did at the end, that was the same tyres we ran on the first lap of first practice. So. You know, pretty encouraging. Best of luck in qualifying. Thanks, mate. Good to see you. He's one of the nice people, George Medici. Uh, lovely guy. Terrific race car driver. Australian champion. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how the big FPV goes. They yeah. were struggling massively with cooling yesterday. But I, I thought the point that they've only used one set of tyres, really interesting. Very interesting. Didn't do a lot of laps in practice too, but if there's one car in this field that needs to keep rubber under them, it's that one. Um, you just want to be throwing new tyres at that car throughout the race tomorrow so they can maintain the kind of pace they need to contend. But I spoke to both uh, George and Jeremy Gray, who owns that car, before the race meeting, and they said, look, we've detuned the car from where it was last year to make it more reliable, but we do have a mode we can go to in the final hour if it comes to that where we can get racing, where we can fight. So... They've, they've worked pretty hard on that car to keep it in the game and keep it competitive. They've been floating around the bottom half of the top 10 throughout the session so far. And in fact, they're eighth overall in extreme performance uh, across the three practice sessions. So yeah, they're there or thereabouts, I think. Is there anybody, Brian, in this first 30 who are slightly out of position? I mean, we expect the A1 and the A2 cars to be battling for overall. So, you know, is there someone that we should be looking out for in this first 30 to say, well, they, you know, they're going to be at the top of the timesheets or, you know, they're maybe going to transition into the top half of the field. Maybe not. 
Hang on, I keep hitting the wrong button for you. <laughs> That's all right, I'm back again now. Thanks. Maybe Sorry not so that. much towards the top, but I look at Breck McFarlane and Nick Huff, and they've had a couple of mechanical issues yesterday. Of course, they were just outside a class podium, in fact, 12 months ago. So, I mean, if anyone's going to be maybe a little bit out of position, maybe it's possibly them. They were 32nd overall at the completion of the combined practice times um, this morning. So, I mean, if you were probably to put your, your eye on one, maybe it possibly might be them. And then, in fact, just behind them, you You've got the uh, Walden Alden Bloomfield car. They're also very, very strong in class as well. So for maybe a couple of people that might dip into the top 30, once we combine this qualifying session, you might look at uh, those two cars um, and, and possibly expect them to move up, not to mention the Osborne Morale car that yeah. uh, had that issue uh, with the right front coming off down there at, at, at Hell Corner, which was sheer disappointment for them. They'll be right. They'll be, get the, they'll be getting this car back out there for this session. But, yeah, and, uh, and that to add yeah. insult to injury there, yeah. the, the yeah. McGann wheel came off, bounced up against the wall, uh, and then hit the car back on the roof again and did a bit, bit more damage. Mark, where are you now in the pit lane? One more thing to keep in mind here, oh. obviously, with the, there's plenty of opportunity to come in and repressure the tyres if they do get a bit warm. The one catch to that is you can't refuel the car in this session. So what you've got at the start is what you've got to use. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very, very good point. We have got course cars out on the circuit, which is good news. Still waiting for the final bit of clear up on the. Uh, top of the mountain, Creelsy. So the incident was at McPhillamy Park on the turn into the left-hander at the top before you get to Skyline. So it's blind, it's fast, it's 200 k's an hour. It's an unbelievable corner, and it's the last place in the world you want a strip of quick dry drying up the oil going diagonally at 45 degrees across the racetrack just before the kerb on the inside of the road there. But that's exactly what they've got. That's where the clean-up has been. So there's, there's no way you can miss that on your turning. No, you can't drive around it. You've got no, to go across some part of it's it. It's diagonal across the racetrack. So uh, that car being recovered, it's currently at the elbow heading down Conrod Straight. So it'll be recovered to the paddock and will be not far away from going green. And the driver, I'm told, in the hands of the Medicos, which is great news. And that's the best possible place to be looked after. So... Uh, yeah, across the track, that's going to be interesting. First lap out, just blowing that dust away. Hopefully it's dried the oil. Uh, it'll take a couple of laps just to clean the racetrack up at McPhillamy as they're turning into that committed left-hander. The car's unloaded a bit as it settles over the bump in the road, that rise in the road before you turn in. It, it's an unbelievable place to go and watch racing cars. Uh, even better to drive, but that's going to be reasonably hairy for the first part of this practice, uh, this qualifying session. So getting confirmation through from race control that this session will start at 15 minutes to the hour. So that's in about four minutes time. So uh, confirmation there from race control that we're about three and a half minutes now officially away from the start of qualifying. And I can hear some engines just <laughs> starting. I'm, a happy, I'm in my happy place. Wherever you are, around the track or around the world listening on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Uh, welcome along to our coverage. Just a short delay while that very pretty blue uh, 964 RS has been brought back down the mountain after its incident in the uh, New South Wales Porsche Club Lappery earlier on. It's the high-tech oils, Bathurst six hours for 2018. Uh, I could not be happier to be where I am now. We've watched some great racing already today from the Hyundai XLs and the Group N Touring cars as well. And they will all be back tomorrow. All the support classes have 
another race tomorrow and you'll be able to hear that and see it with sound and vision sync perfectly together on our international streaming coverage and all of the supports also available here in Australia for the main race here in Australia it's uh, our colleagues uh, over at uh, Fox who are giving us some of their air waves uh, for those of you in the international regions uh, then you will get that on the stream as well there's no excuse just don't go anywhere lock yourself in get a few beverages get some snacks Easter eggs obviously lots Be of chocolate yeah best way to spend Easter Sunday and I, I so. can tell you it will be live ad break free from uh, Checkered flag to, well, from green flag to checkered flag at the very end. So oh, okay. uh, it's going to be brilliant. We've got four cars with onboard cameras. We've got aerial coverage at the top of Mount Panorama as well, I'm which very is going excited to be very exciting. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to across uh, the high tech oils back to six hour, and this race continues to grow. Right, cars aren't far away from rolling out. Bottom 50% of the field, what are we looking for in this session? Well, what we can tell you is that we'll set the starting order for the lower three classes classes C, which yes. is performance. Class D, which is production, and Class E, which is compact, the baby car class. Previous history tells us that these are generally very closely mm. fought out. The last two years, the polling Class C was a Renault Megane in 2016. A year later, it was a BMW 130i, and that unbelievable lap, Brian, you and I called of Todd Hazelwood, who did a 235.2, which was two seconds quicker than the class qualifying record that we'd seen previously. In Class D, well, it's been the domain of the Toyota 86, and it's hard to see that changing this weekend. They've been quickest throughout the weekend as well. Um, so we look forward to see how they go. The benchmark lap time we're looking for there, uh, something around 2 minute 38, 2 minute 39. Uh, class E, the benchmark was a Nissan Pulsar back in 2016 at a 248, and a little bit of change there. So we'll follow that. Uh, so far, performance class, the Stupman, Williams, and Ross... Uh, Subaru has been fastest in that class at 2.36.0 and Gavin Ross, former Australian saloon car champion, went out with a bang at the end of that practice session we saw this morning. Much like the two cars in A1 that we saw jump to the top, he dove out at the end and just jumped to the top with a very quick 2.36.0. The Bathurst boys, uh, Blake and Kyle Auburn, have been second in the performance class all weekend in their Renault and the similar Renault, the number 13 car, which John talked about before, Unbelievable that the only damage from a wheel falling off at turn one was the dent in the roof where the wheel landed. Uh, That's just not right, is it? Colin Osborne and Hadrian Morrell third quickest, but only a few tenths behind their fellow Renault. So very competitive stuff. Mark Walker, the production and compact classes should be good to watch as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things we have to keep an eye on tomorrow is the fact that the C, D and E, the performance, the compact and the production cars, they only have to complete three compulsory pit stops each so whereas the extreme performance and the high performance all have to do four compulsory pit stops so there'll be a bit of uh, a bit of difference there between the various classes tomorrow in race strategy and picking up on that Chris, you were talking about this earlier on mark's talking there about compulsory pit stops uh, that's because there is a two minutes and 20 seconds uh, minimum to be spent in the pit lane. So that's from pit in, hitting this pit lane speed limiter on the line to pit out again. It cannot be any less. It cannot be one second less than two minutes and 20 seconds. Now, after you've done those first four or three, depending on which category you're in, then it's free. After that, yep. you have at it. So if you need to do something tactically after that, but the first four or three that you do, 
those ones have to be that exact time. The interesting thing for me about the way that works, and feel free, Brian, to jump in on this as well, is that normally engineers engineer the race backwards from the finish. Mm. But this, to me, you're engineering the race as it goes on the fly. You, you just tickle your compulsory stops off first and then worry about what happens, where usually you work back from hour six, right, where do we need to stop to get our last load of fuel in to get to the finish? But they can't really do that in this case because it's all a little bit variable about where that's going to be anyway. Yeah, and that's exactly what we tend to do, obviously, with the 12-hour. It gets to about that half-race distance, and then already you start thinking, all right, let's work that reverse window and see how it's going to work. But with this six-hour format, because you've got a maximum driving time or you know maximum stint, you can be no longer spent in this race as one driver doing three and a half hours. When you factor that in with possible safety cars, we had 11 in this race last year, it really does throw in those those curveballs. And when you think about a possible window, you're looking at maybe an hour and a half towards the back end of this race. But if you've got a driver that's stuck in there that you thought was good to go to the end, then you might just be in trouble because he might exceed then that for, therefore uh, those three hours and 30 minutes. So it's this incredible conundrum that, Really, you think about it, this race, this production car race that we'll see tomorrow, it's going to be so much, I suppose, put into the strategy and the games and the, the workmen, the craftsmanship, I suppose, in making sure that is perfect. Because really, I think this is one of the most strategic races in Australia at the moment, possibly, yeah, to I, try and get right. It's certainly the one with the most freedom, I suppose, in and variables in how it plays out. I agree with you on that, absolutely. Mainly because... We know for a fact that some cars in this field are much more thirsty than the others, and we are up and racing. And the reason John's having a conniption in the rest of the commentary box is because the Honda Integra Type R had two wheels on the grass just before the braking marker into turn one, forgetting completely that it's qualifying, and there's no need to do that at this moment. So that was an interesting little moment. It's one of the GT86s. The 86 was sort of dawdling around in the middle of the road. The Honda got a lovely run off Murray's corner, and he's trying to make the best across at the first flying lap, and was not going to lift off whoever was driving that Honda. They decided, no, no, I've got, I've got my momentum. And uh, the handcuffs actually work really well on the right-hand well, they, side. They, they've got the groove, so they're sort of a semi-rally tyre, I suppose, in some way. Yeah, that was interesting. interesting way to start the session. So we're underway. Uh, 29 cars as being shown on the racetrack at the moment for a 30-minute dash to set the grids for classes C, D and E. And a couple of the B1 and B2 cars involved in this will endeavour to set a lap time and find out where they're going to start the high-tech oils, Bathurst, six hour tomorrow. Boggles my mind, doesn't it? You've got a 6.213 kilometre piece of bitumen in front of us and they still happen to find the same bit of uh, road going to turn number one. But that's the idea, though, with this session, not to send cars out and hope that it's a race already, but to give themselves some space, particularly, obviously, the next session that we'll have coming up because we'll have a lot of our Class A1 runners out there that will be, you know, really fighting for that track uh, um, position, of course. Now, the 75 machine, the Best Jets uh, VE I Commodore... I thought that wasn't coming out. Yeah, so I reckon what they've done is they've had a couple of issues, obviously, some mechanical dramas... Uh, with that car, so unless they've just done an engine start, rolled it around the back of the pits and rolled it down pit lane and back to their garage in the hope to get that car out there for the next session. Yeah, they're, they're shown as being in this session because they didn't set a, a oh, representative right. yep, time, so they'll be in the bottom 50. Technically, they should be probably one of the fastest cars out there 
you would have thought three yeah, minutes, three, three seconds, yeah. yeah. And, and that was the first session they actually set a lap time in, and it wasn't a particularly representative one. But that thing's been uh, a, a whole bag of trouble for them so far this weekend. Uh, hopefully they can disqualify that car, get it right, and then go tomorrow and just circulate and try and get themselves to the finish somehow. I don't, yeah. I don't know how, but they've had just one of those terrible Bathurst weekends, haven't they? And that's the aura of this place, isn't it? And sometimes what keeps people coming back, you have one bad year and then you go back and then you want to do it again and do it again and you never want to give up. And that's the, the wonderful thing about Mount Panorama. So, of course... I've already clicked under six minutes already, so it's going through quite quickly here, and it will do throughout the course of this afternoon as well. You don't have to nominate one particular single driver either, which is also uh, interesting to note. You can uh, swap drivers, and I think for some people, because depends who you talk to up and down the lane so far this weekend, there's some drivers that have got a bunch of running time, then yeah. others that have really only got a handful of laps. I think there'll be one or two people who put two drivers in this just yeah. to give a driver who hasn't had perhaps as much lappery as they want just an extra time, not necessarily to qualify but just Brian to to get them a few more laps around the mountain you can never have enough ma laps on the mountain that's the wonderful thing isn't it and sorry Richard I was, no, I was no. going to say this uh, number 13 machine back into the lane straight away after the issues with that right front so maybe just a bit of an observation lap just to make sure that things are a-okay I spoke to Stephen Johnson earlier today and he said no, I just didn't run didn't run practice three. I didn't do many laps yesterday. And when I did, I wasn't really having a go. Um, but I'm looking forward to quality so I can have a crack. But yeah, this guys with not a lot of track time uh, so far this weekend, though. Um, there were 850 laps completed by all cars in practice one, 860 in practice two, 900 this morning, I saw. Wow. So everyone has actually got reasonable track time. And Touchwood, the red flag so far have been very, very kind in that they've been short. Don't look at me like that. Uh, and... They've looked after the cars to getting laps. Move on. Uh, There'll be another coffee on this oh, one soon. Stop uh, it. I haven't gotten to the first I, one yet, in fairness. He's still waiting. <laughs> I'll, I'll put my hands up to that. Very thirsty. Very thirsty. Uh, first lap time bank, car number 12 goes to the top of this session. Uh, remember, we are setting the grid for classes C, D and E in a couple of the A1 and B1 cars. The top 50% will be out next for another half an hour, and that's where the money is going to be in this session and that's where we work out who's going to do the really really sexy lap times serious question here gentlemen do you pal up with somebody and try and get a bit of a tour someone who's got a similar car even if it's not a teammate or similar pace car and try and get a tour down conrod or do you try and find a, a bit of open space out there I'm, now i'm not a racing car driver so i don't really know but i've worked on a lot of open wheel teams in the past and called a lot of open wheel racing mm -hmm. And I have seen so many teams try and orchestrate a slipstream because they know that it will get them half a second. But time and time again, all they do is get tangled up. Trip they little. get understeer into a corner because they're following two class or they get balked by another car. I, think it, I don't think it's worth your time or the energy and the time you lose trying to set that up. I don't think there's a point. Do your own thing. Get your own lap time. The fastest lap times at this place have been set in top 10 shootouts. When you're on your own, it's just you versus the racetrack. So I think it, I think that's the best way to go. I don't think there's enough of a margin to be gained doing it for the risks that are part of doing that. I accept what you're saying about the top 10s as through goes the blue Nissan Pulsar, which is rapidly also becoming one of my favourites because <laughs> it just looks brilliantly stock. Um, but the thing about that, Brian, is Quilsey's talking about cars there that might be high performance or purpose-built racing cars. These are pretty much production cars. A little bit of help getting through the air 
maybe might help. Might help, might help, but I mean, and then when you factor in that these cars sometimes achieve them at different points of the racetrack, you yeah. might get the help going up and down, but you might also be affected going across the top of Mount Panorama, and that can often be where you make up the bulk of your lap time here, and you need yeah. to get that clear run all the way from the cutting up across the top, and then obviously float your way down through the S's and into the dippers. So it's this risk versus reward factor that we talk about it, isn't it? And I mean, there's, there's no harm in trying it. There is no harm in trying it, you can try it once, but I wouldn't do it again if it doesn't work, obviously. I'm not sold. Yeah. I'm not sold. I'm not sold yeah. either. I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of this race. This is my first time here, so that's why I asked the experts. Ten minutes in to the first qualifying session. Uh, the only qualifying session for this set of cars, but another 30 to come out uh, and battle for overall pole position for the high-tech oils. Bathurst six hours for 2018. Around the world on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network, of channels and starting to see some purple coming around the circuit that means fastest of anybody it's split between different cars split between different classes as well interestingly enough so just underlying Brian what you were saying earlier on about these cars making their pace in different parts of the mountain Sad to say that Best Jets VE's just come back into the lane as, again as well. So we're continuing to follow that story with the 75 machine. And uh, unfortunately, a couple of issues. Mark, down to you. Yeah, down here at the Best Jet Commodore. Uh, they're looking under the bonnet. There's probably more scrutineers there at the moment looking at the mess that's uh, coming from the bottom of the engine. It's a bit of a worry when there are three lines of oil dry leading into your bunker, which is uh, a sign of how their weekend has gone. The report from further up the pits, uh, the Renault of Colin Osborne and Hadri Morel, uh, no dramas there, just a simple spanner check and they're back out on circuit. Very, very sensible indeed. After having some um, wheel bolt failures that took that way, we told it wasn't finger trouble, that it was actually a failure on that wheel that uh, made its bid for freedom and then decided to come back and knock the car on the roof. I'd be really irritated if my wheel had fallen <laughs> off and the, the, track only, like this. the only damage I got was the wheel rebounding off the fence into my car and denting it. I would rather crash, I think. It just, it's just one of those stick the knife in and twist it moments, isn't it? I've got away with it. I've got away with it. Thud. What was no, that? Exactly. <laughs> it's collateral damage. Seriously. If you're going to do a good job, you may as well do a good job. I know. Oh, Brett McFarlane, dear. fastest. He's in the uh, the B1 class Subaru Impreza. Uh, that's the car that has topped that class throughout the weekend so far. They've been pretty solid. Uh, actually, don't tell a lie. They haven't really topped that class, have they? But they've been uh, somewhere near the front. Uh, so we look forward to see where they're going. 234.7 for them. Scott Cameron, second in the A2 class. Number 71 car, 1.5 seconds off. Kevin Stoopman. Uh, that's the Class C leader at the moment. So that's where this session gets really relevant because that car has been the quickest in the performance class. They did a 236.0 in practice three earlier on today. Gavin Ross did that time, a very affable Victorian driver, but Kevin Stoopman, a multiple champion in HQ Holden racing behind the wheel of that car. Now he's currently third overall in this group, but fastest in Class C. Second in that class is Callum Jones in the number 31 entry he's sharing with Jeff Full. That's uh, one of the Renaults, uh, of which they are numerous in this field. We look forward to seeing that battle. I, I really like Class C. I think it's a fascinating battle between a couple of very good little race cars. That Subaru's been a couple of seconds quicker than the Renaults so far, but the Renaults have got the 
the Bathurst record and the experience of this place, and we know that they're a durable race car, wheels falling off a side. We'll look past that for the state of this conversation. <laughs> uh, so over the distance tomorrow, that's going to be really interesting. A couple of Mitsubishi uh, Lancer Evors, a 10 and a 9 in this group. They're both A1 cars. Uh, so currently, Stephen Thompson in the 92, all with Holmes version, is actually provisional pool sitter for uh, class A1. Uh, he's sitting in, what, third, fourth position uh, in the overall standings with a 38.5. The other car is a little bit further down. The Aaron Teb 93 car is the Stokes Ski Australia and uh, Voltec Motorsport car. Uh, and that is uh, sitting down in 16th, but still best, uh, second best in A1. That will change when the next set of cars come out, of course. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And already this session is going through quite quickly. We're almost at that half distance right now and fastest to the second sector right now. Liam McAdam in the 97. He did a personal best to the first sector, but unfortunately it cost himself six tenths in the final sector. He will not improve at the moment. Position 11, second in Class D. Uh, guys, a uh, bit of an interesting uh, strategy play by the car right at pit exit, the Stoopman, Williams and Ross Subaru WRX. Uh, they did some tyre changes there. They're the only car that I've seen so far in this session to change tyres. Just the right-hand side tyres were changed. Like all the cars, they've got access to 24 new tyres for all the sessions, practice, qualifying and race. You don't have to use 24, but uh, a lot of the competitors are stocked up and ready to go. You will, uh, and that is, uh, use 24, that is, uh, and uh, the right side tyres, that's the working side that we were talking about in practice this morning, the right-hand side of the cars, the loaded side across the top of Mount Panorama, it's the side that wears out quicker, cops all the abuse, so put new right-hand side tyres on, it'll make the balance of the car a whole lot better through the high-speed stuff at the top of the mountain. Uh, we're just getting word through that car 21 has been told to go to the garage and will That's stay the in the That's the other garage. best jet uh, Holden club sport. So they're not having a banner day, are they, down there at Best Jet Racing, which is a massive shame. They're a team that races in the memory and tribute to young Luke Spaulding, who was an open-wheel racer here in Australia in Aussie F3, unfortunately passed away after a really brave battle with cancer. Luke was a terrific young guy, uh, spent more time raising funds for kids who were also sick with cancer than he did looking after himself and going car racing. So he's a remarkable guy, and that team continues to race in his memory. Uh, unfortunately, the result's not working for them at the moment, but I just hope they can get to the start. You've just got to get the green flag, and if you can, you never know, Mark, what's going to happen over the course of the race. It doesn't actually look too terminal down here. They're just taping the rear bumper on. I think that was hanging off, which seemed to be the problem there. Nothing mechanical seems to be going on with the number 21. They've got the race tape out, and hopefully they can get him back on track very soon. Well, that's good news. Where would you be without race tape? And, and tie wraps and a 10-pound lump hammer. That, the essential first things that go into your kit, I would think, for any motor, any motor race. We are, in fact, under that half-distance now in this 30-minute session with coming down towards 13 and a half to go and it's a B1 car that leads the Subaru Impreza WRX this is the number 57 car from BAR Constructions the Brett McFarland and Nick Hoff team both New South Wales drivers that car's just left the lane as well and about to head back out onto the race so expect that car to try and move up the pecking order here at the moment 
as well. Just looking at your Class D leaders right now, David Baker so far leading that one in car number 47 with Brian Callaghan and local Matty Windsor as well in that Honda Integra Type R. That's having a really good weekend so far. I've spoken to Matty at different points of the weekend and he said first thing yesterday, as soon as they rolled the car out onto the racetrack, they said, Beautiful. Don't even touch it. It is lovely. So that is every single race car driver's dream, isn't it? To roll the car out first practice and to say the car is beautiful. Don't touch it. Oh. That's all right, Krillzy, as long as you're getting the time out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. no good if you're 45th. Well, well and it's working. Yeah. I, I just hope my road cars work first time out, let alone my race cars. Um, that was the Integra rally car we saw at the start yeah. of the session, John, with yeah. two wheels off on the... On the grass. So, uh, yeah, Honda and four Toyotas there in Class D. Class C is being led by that Subaru we talked about. 238 to just a second and a half faster than the Renault McGann of Jeff Fall. Blake Auburn third in class there. They'll be keen to get on the front row in Class C. And the compact class at the moment, uh, the Nissan Pulsars, are one and two. And it's the Nissan that's been fastest all the way throughout the weekend, the Cam Usel and Salteri uh, number 96 car is quickest there at a 47.47. Uh, just a second quicker than Nathan Stevens in the next one. And then the Mazda 3, Andrew McMaster behind the wheel. Car number 2, uh, third in this group, third in Class E. I thought a moment or two ago we were going to get a tiny bit of cloud cover, but not. Uh, it's still very warm and pleasant. A little bit of a breeze coming in from across Harris Park. I guess that's what, north, northeasterly coming in from yeah, there? Uh, yeah, north, northeast. Yeah. Yep. And 20 k's an hour at the moment. Really? So it's a gentle breeze. That's yeah. Sorry, beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, still then, 11 and a half minutes of this session to go. This will set the pole positions uh, for CD and E category as they're all out there at the moment. And then we'll get the top 30 out and have the battle for pole position for the high-tech oils Six hours of Bathurst for 2018. It's all live around the world and around the circuit here at Mount Panorama. RS1 are part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Delighted to be part of our second live coverage from the mountain already this year and exclusive uh, live coverage coming to you uh, from the track side. We're just beyond the high-tech oil bridge on the start-finish line, so we get to see the guys coming out of Murray's Corner and uh, head off towards... Uh, the left-hander at Hell Corner. And tomorrow we'll have some vision for you as well to go with the sound. And again, I, I'm going to keep saying this and reminding particularly our international audience, make sure you tune in right from the moment that we go live tomorrow because all of the cars that have raced already this weekend do have one more race tomorrow before the big amounts. Let's, uh, big uh, event rather, let's head straight back down to the pavilion where Mark is waiting for us. Well, a very interesting thing there. The first team that I've seen do a full practice pit stop was the Thompson Kramer Evo 10. Uh, four tyres changed on that one, very slick stop, and they managed to get everything back over the lane line, which has caught out many competitors in the past if they haven't quite got there, as we got a red flag out on track. And I think that's for car 97, Mark, which is the Liam McAdam Toyota 86. It stopped uh, at flag point 4.8, so the first sector of the lap no engine, we're told, so driver's out of the car okay, but it is stranded. Uh, I've been getting messages about car 24, that's the Garth Walden Racing Holden Commodore. Uh, Brian Walden, Garth's dad, behind the wheel with uh, Richard Bloomfield and Michael Ald in that car. They've won their class twice, so they're the only team to have gone back-to-back -back in the six hours so far. Um, they had some dramas where they stopped in pit lane, asked a marshal if the car was on fire, 
told it wasn't and continued to drive on. <laughs> Safety first, I think, isn't it? Excuse uh, me, sir. Am I on fire? Uh, yeah. No, no. On you go, son. So That's we, fantastic. So red flag uh, for the first time in this first 30-minute qualifying session. Um, I'll defer to my colleagues on my right here for this uh, answer from uh, Ben Loth Nothling, who's tweeted in at RSL underscore studio. He says, pains me to ask this question about my friends, but uh, do the best jet 75 and 21 risk a DNQ based on this session? There is 130 percent rule gents but uh, you can, I suppose you could plead your case uh, with force majeure yeah you, you'd have to go to the stewards and prove that the car has been at some point capable of racing at within that 130 percent rule which for one of those two cars will be no problems the 75 which I think's done two full laps in the entire weekend might be in a bit more of strife with that and, and in fairness, the reason it's only done a couple of laps, Brian, is, is because it's been so smoky that they've kept... In fact, there is the 21 coming past us now and hasn't come into the pit lane for the red flag, but that wasn't at racing speed either. In fact, both of the cars have passed us, one in the pit lane, the 75, one without. No, the, the point I'm trying to make there, Brian, is that the, uh, the 75 car has been coming back into the pits because it's been so small. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I believe um, prior to this, I think there was a possibly an oil line that they were having issues with or something like that. And it's actually found the same problem twice. So they've been trying to rectify the same issue uh, so far for this weekend. Incidentally, the 21 machine's done a 237.696. And that was in um, practice three this morning. That was 13 seconds, 13 and a half seconds, in fact, away from uh, the quickest time in that session. Well, in fact, from qualify from practice session number one, I should say, with the Beric Linton Tim Lay car. So you would probably say that would squeak into the 130% rule. Uh, it's just a matter of, of course, they will have to go up to the officials and try and prove that as well. Well, and in fairness, that 21 car, as we were hearing from uh, Mark Walker, just a loose bar, a loose bumper that was getting some remedial attention. Don't forget, if you are tweeting us at RSL underscore studio or at any of the hashtags for the, or any of the uh, URLs for the event, uh, please do use the hashtag B6HR and then we can track back. And people often say, you know, what can I do to support the event? Well, using the hashtags is one of those things because uh, it, it allows us to, to track just how many people are and where they are around the world and the sort of media impact that it's getting. And, and you know, when we've got sponsors like High Tech Oil, uh, high tech oils there that's the sort of thing that they look at they're looking at return on investment so in a in a real way you are helping out by using that hashtag b6hr wherever you are uh, around the world or around the track lot of cars coming back into the pits answering the red flag at the moment six minutes exactly still to run so potentially if we can get a quick turnaround richard then we can maybe get one lap maybe two yeah, one flying lap, unlike that practice session earlier today where they did give the competitors one full flying lap each. So it was until the last car that went out across the line that they ended that practice session. That's not how a qualifying system will work. You've got the time allotted. They're allowed to extend it by five minutes if discretion allows and if the time allows and race control deems it necessary. I'm not convinced that they will need to. Mm. We'll go back out and get some running. Uh, car 21 that we saw wander past the commentary box before. They missed 
the uh, pit lane. They did not stop uh, and have come in the mountain straight gate. Now, that is a no-no. You have to return via pit lane to your garage. If you go the back, technically you're breaching park for May rules, so you're out of the control of the race officials following the race, so you won't be allowed to resume the session. So that car will have to sit out the remainder of this qualifying session. Right. That's... That is the better place to the two best check cars as well. Not sure why. I wonder if they've done that because they realised that they didn't come in the pit lane and rather than do a whole other lap under red flag, they decided to what they thought might have been the lesser of two evils. Um, that's what I might be arguing if I was their team manager right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have a dozy driver, so we got them off the track as quickly as possible. Interestingly enough, they've not done a timed lap in that car. The 75 car has a 252.9, which would get them in the field. Yeah. Uh, it's within 130% of the outright fastest time, both in this class and overall so far, but it's a tough day if you're at Best Jet Racing. Uh, we're told the session will be extended by four minutes. Okay. So race control, they can extend by a maximum of five minutes. Is that each session, Creelsey, yep. or over the or over the two no, sessions? No, this this particular thirty minute session will be extended by four minutes. Copy. Each can be extended by five maximum. Right. So that's a maximum. It's up to race control to be discretional with how they do that. They've decided four minutes is what we've lost, so that's what we're going to have extended at the end of it. So three forty five on the clock when the cars rolled out add four to that I reckon we've got just under eight minutes you see missing those Friday afternoons of arithmetic and mathematics when it was double period uh, it didn't hurt me at all it was like me there used to be study period I used to go into the library and uh, troll on motorsport websites or something like that Do you know so. what I did the same yeah. thing <laughs> study periods were a great excuse to read motorsport websites yep I agree with you didn't have the internet when I was a girl obviously <laughs> Couple of days. I was reading scrolls. Well, I was Wacker would have been in the broadband era. I was definitely in dial-up. Um, <laughs> the hindoff was in the uh, the Telegraph. Mm. You said that, not me. Yeah, no, no. It's fine. I was almost in the live stream. Yeah. In the live stream, yeah, mate, so I, I could know, yeah. I could sit in the free period and watch it instead. Uh, a couple of names that uh, I would probably expect to move up here at the moment. Uh, Josh Heath at the moment in uh, Class D, sitting position number four, showing that car with his father Graham this weekend. Keeping in mind, last year. They were on course for a top 10 finish in that mm. car at one point. Uh, unfortunately, things just didn't go their way strategy-wise. They were one of those ones, I think, that got caught up with some driver time issues and also a couple of late safety cars as well. They're fourth so far in class. I probably expected them to be a little bit higher up the field at the moment, uh, just 15th overall in this session. But uh, a nice family story there, of course, Josh driving with his father this weekend in Graham. So the car's heading back out round the circuit. Utter silence here over the pit lane. Oh, just someone, as I say that, just <laughs> fires, fires up the engine. Good afternoon if you are just joining us here at the track and wherever you are around the world. It's a very, very warm welcome. Beautiful day here. Uh, the four minutes has been added back on and we are already back down to just six to go. Live and exclusive coverage of the first of two 30-minute qualifying session. This for cars from positions 31 to 60 in the final free practice that we covered for you here on RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels this morning. And, well, a couple of laps, possibly three, depending on where you get to. We've got a wrecker truck underneath <laughs> us, and I looked to see if there was anything on the back of it, and there isn't. So the wrecker truck just coming into the pit lane. I think they 
coming to wreck a truck away, the truck phone's BMW that oh. seems to be sitting in the lane and might not be able to move. We'll confirm that for you uh, when we do. That's the C-Class 130i. Either that or it's a new class we haven't been told about and that would be particularly exciting. Wreck of trucks across the top of the mountain. Do you have a sub-truck for the sub-class for the rollbacks? Yeah, yes, yes. Bathurst Towing would get on board with that, wouldn't they? Yeah, they've been here for fifty years. They, they're desperate to actually get on track and drive competitively. That now needs to happen. Oh, you realise that oh, we, that we now need to have a service vehicle. Laps of the truck. Because those guys work really hard, as do all of our volunteer marshals, and we thank them for giving up that Easter weekend. It's not an April Fool's joke either. <laughs> I was going to say, that's going to be my next thing. You've got this brain ticking over at the moment going, maybe I can use that for tomorrow. Yeah, I've, I've missed a window, haven't I? I've gone a bit early yeah, for the first time. <laughs> Isn't that the thing? You, you can't use all your talking points earlier on the weekend. I haven't even got April Fool's yet. We've Mark, used them. Save us, please. Uh, Richard, uh, high-tech problem for the number 73 BMW. It is out of fuel. <laughs> Unfortunately, they can't refuel it. Uh, while it's in the lane and they don't want to try turning it over so they're just giving it a tow to the back of the paddock and out of harm's way. Well, you said it at the start of the session that you can not refuel and you have to run with what you've got. They've run with what they've got and they've used it all, running out of fuel and qualifying. Well, at least they know how far down it goes yeah. before mm. it runs out. If, uh, if I was doing media for that team I put a release out going we we know our fuel burn numbers for the race perfectly perfect, now yeah. we've we know where we're going to run out yeah so we'll dial that back five percent we'll be fine for tomorrow yeah. one lap fewer and yes. that is that's where we go down into the last three and a half minutes uh, with drivers having completed their outlaps now this is the time if you've got speed no sense in leaving it in the pit lane put it out there on Mount Panorama and see if you can advance your position still the number 57 car holding the best time the bar construction subaru impreza wrx and that leads b1 a2 next up is the 71 wounded heroes racing machine that is the car that's painted up uh, like uh, an old world war ii aircraft in camouflage colors you probably can't see it actually you will tomorrow but it oh, i see what you did yeah that's that's uh it's a thing. It's all right. It took me a while uh, as well. It, it, See in, what I've got to work with? In really. all seriousness, in all seriousness, it is a great campaign uh, looking after our wounded and returning veterans from our armed forces, and they've been raising awareness and cash for those for some time. So uh, with all the jokes about their camouflage car, and they blend into the field very, very nicely. Very good. Yep. So yep. Um, that truck phones BMW, I talked about fourth in Class C at the moment, Brent Edwards, a saloon car racer uh, of note here in Australia, uh, fourth fastest in class at the moment at a 241.8. They haven't gone back out. But nor has Callum Jones behind the wheel of car 31. That's the Renault Megane RS265 from Osborne Motorsport. So they've stayed in pit lane, clearly content with where they're at. Uh, we're waiting for Blake Auburn to come past, as he does now in that bright yellow Renault uh, for Auburn Brothers Racing. I think he's going to be the big mover and shaker potentially in class C to get himself up towards the front. But that Subaru just has the advantage there in the performance class of the high-tech oils Bathurst 6-hour field. With oh. 238.2 at the moment, and that's more smoke. What was that from? I think that was your car. Oh, I think no. that was the 69. Uh, Mark might have seen that as no, it I went by. They're out later on. They're uh, out. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh. Mark, what do you oh, have? Sorry, I missed that, guys. Uh, 
just uh, down here at the Subaru. Uh, of course, with these production cars, there's no live telemetry from the cars back to the pits, but the number 57 have seemingly overcome that by Facebook live streaming the, from the inside of the car. <laughs> now that I like a lot. So the driver's got a camera fitted in the car or a phone, and he's filming live and so the live telemetry is basically the race engineer looking over his shoulder at the dials. That is outstanding. That's a very, very uh, first world solution for a third world problem, isn't it? That's outstanding. That is the absolute essence of production car racing here on the mountain. I love that. I love that. That might have won, won the internet already this weekend. Brilliant stuff. What Just a cool story. Yeah, that's nice. Nice pick up there, Mark, down there in the pits with that one. That was uh, very nicely done. Just watching some times at the moment. Stephen Thompson at the moment, car number 92, fastest to the first sector, personal best to the second sector. His delta time right now to sector two is 1.3 seconds. Don't know if it might be good enough to beat Brett McFarlane, but possibly move up here at the moment. Of course, there's a class A1 car, not where they want to be so far this weekend. No. I, I think that was Murray Kent, by the way, who was going through in the 75 best jet car that was smoking again yeah. number of uh, people including scott fitzsimmons hello scott nice to uh, have you on twitter again at rsl underscore studio and he's uh, used the hashtag b6hr as well uh lachlan hines says live telemetry like that is excellent but i am happy to ride along and watch the dials and yeah. phone it in if necessary and the checkered flag <laughs> is out on this session stephen thompson Across the line in Carnival 92, very good lap right mm. at the end there with uh, 2.33.2 in his Mitsubishi Lancer. That is an A1 car though, of course. So they're going to slot in somewhere near the bottom half of uh, the top group of cars in classes A and B in this race. Kevin Stoopman still quickest in class C and that's what we're looking at. But the flag is out, the first half of qualifying. So what's interesting about that time for the Mitsubishi, that was one of the two cars we highlighted earlier on, the 92 and the 93 car being here one uh, machines uh, fast in the first sector so i.e. up the hill all right in the second se sector the twisty bit but not as quick as the mcfarland 57 car and then fast on the fast run back down again and you might have thought that the four-wheel drive car would have been a little bit more balanced in the middle brian and and being able to purple up right the way through those three sectors. Well, that was interesting, wasn't it? Because I said he might not go ahead and beat Brett McFarlane. He's just done that by eight-tenths of a second. So he's had a mega final sector yeah. and has really punched in a beautiful lap time there. So a 2.33.234, uh, good enough, of course, to top the session here at the moment this afternoon. Now, if you go back towards what we saw a little bit earlier on in the combined times, a 2.33.2 uh, would put you 27th overall. So um, once you combine all the practice results we've had so far this weekend, that's where uh, that car would slot in. Obviously, completely different track conditions at the moment, so you would probably expect that might even bump into the top uh, half of the field as well. So got a few cars to come round and take the chequered flag, which is being waved with some gusto. Through comes the Suzuki Swift, the 55 car, and the Hyundai Gets is right in behind it as well and then one of the little Toyotas too so a few of the class E cars actually circulating together there and the Swift did improve that time around fourth now for Michael Hopp in that 55 car with a 303-0 so class E topped by Kevin Stoopman in the Subaru Callum Jones second Blake Auburn third so did get to third right at the end of that 
uh, Brent Edwards fourth in the BMW and Dan Sudgeon next. Uh, Class D has the number 47 Honda Integra that we saw with a couple of wheels off the dirt <laughs> fastest there. So they get pole. Liam McAdam ultimately ended up second there in his Toyota 86. In fact, Toyota's in second, third and fourth in class, which is solid. A shout out to Lauren Gray Motorsport. Michael Gray did the job behind the wheel of their Toyota. They've gone about two and a half seconds quicker than they've been all weekend so far in the Corolla and within shouting distance of the Kia Proceed GT. So good progress from them in Class D. Uh, Ian Salteri, as he has been all weekend long, fastest in the E-Class with the Nissan Pulsars 1 and 2, the Mazda 3 with Andrew McMaster 3rd in class. And of course, another 30 minutes to come to set the grid, the outright grid uh, in A1 and uh, out from there. So the fastest time in that session, as we've mentioned, the 92 Mitsubishi Lancer, that's an A1 class car. There are the There is the balance of the field from that category coming up at rinse and repeat for the number 57, the Subaru Impreza WRX of Brett McFarland, the 57 car being a B1 car. And I refer you to my previous answer for Scott Cameron in A2, who was third fastest in that session in the Holden HSV Club Sport. There are more cars from his category coming out. Uh, also for the number 24 in fourth position, the HPS tra Transport uh, Machine. Uh, that car will have some of its competitor cars coming out at the moment. So we don't expect to see those cars stay in their provisional pools, but they have got the opportunity maybe to move up a little from where they sit at the moment. And that is, we'll see that combined session in terms of uh, or the combined session times will set the grid for tomorrow's high-tech oils Bathurst six hours. Had the question posed on Twitter as well, of course, was the 81 machine, the Wade Scott, uh, Robert Gooley car that we didn't see in that session. They did do a, a siding lap, an outlap. Of course, that was the car that had the uh, the engine change mm. done overnight. Now, they did do an outlap in practice three this morning. I believe the last update that I had from that team is that they were actually still looking for a part or two, so that's possibly why they weren't uh, out there in that session. It's still not yet quite where they need the car to be in order to actually run it safely around the track no warm-up tomorrow morning either mm. before the event so you know that's going to be a worry for everybody um if you are putting a car together you like to give it a, a lap or two uh, what i would say and i'll again I'll, I'll defer to you guys because you've been at the previous two runnings of this event um we've seen some very sensible decisions from race control and from stewards and marshals here uh, this isn't a round of the world championship and the idea is to get as many cars out there as you can safely mm. clearly um is there the opportunity crazy if if people haven't done their qualifying that you know that they might get a free pass oh there's an opportunity absolutely uh, it, it will just be a case of them going to race control and, and talking with the clerk of the course and um pleading their case and, and yeah. normally if you can demonstrate that your car has the potential to do it uh, the kind of lap time that you would need to do to qualify generally, especially in a race like this, they're reasonably lenient with that and we'll let them start at the back of the field. Mm. Um, but they've just got to make sure that they're prepared and up to the job of doing that. So, yeah, it, it's a challenge um, and they may get told, no, you can't do it, uh, in which case race control is justified to do that. But um, that will be uh, one of the scenarios that plays out. Uh, Mark Walker will have more from Pit Lane as we build up to the next 30 minutes with the real fast cars. I think, Mark, you've got one of the real fast drivers as well. 
Yeah, we do have one of the fast drivers here, Dylan Thomas. Uh, you've obviously got Tim Slade in for this qualifying session. A lot of work there in between the two uh, sessions today so far. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we had a piston uh, crack the top off it. So, um, yeah, the boys have done a fantastic job. The boys from CGR Performance uh, done an engine change, put a crate motor in. So uh, we'll probably spend uh, a fair bit of the session just r running around to, um, to um, run it in. <laughs> Just getting told to move off pit lane while doing the interview, <laughs> folks, by the way. <laughs> Nothing like live radio. <laughs> Big effort here, three cars. Yeah, that's right. Um, we had, we've got a couple of the young kids in the, in the one car, so they've got a lot of learning to do. And uh, fantastic that they crocked in, cracked into the top 50%, uh, doing a pretty good job. Um, important thing for us, for them, is just to keep them calm, make them re remember that it's a six-hour race. Um, obviously our other nine, we've got Danny Studdard who uh, finished second in the Prod Sports race a moment ago and it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Danny. And um, yeah, you know, he, him, him together with Stevie, Open, uh, Stevie Owen should make a pretty good combo and then obviously Slady should be alright too. The one thing you've got in your favour, you've got a great package. The Evo 10, the Evo 9, very well developed, very well suited to this circuit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's probably other cars that may be better suited. Um, yeah, you know, our, our fuel number's probably a little bit lower than some of the other guys. So, um, but with the four stops, it doesn't make a difference. So, yeah, we're all pretty good. I hope you have a good afternoon. No worries, thanks. I don't think any of the Air One cars uh, can do it on four. Do you, Quilsey? Yeah, I do. I, do I think, think they can? I think they can if, if safety car works nicely. Right, I, I okay. think a couple of them might be able to. Um, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll talk about that, I think, later on, but I think there's one or two that might. Well, let's, leave, let's leave that for tomorrow. Yeah, it'll require some safety car intervention. Got you. But I think potentially, yes. Um, great to see, we heard from Dylan O'Keefe, great to see his car just rolled out with Tim Slade behind the wheel with a brand new zero kilometre crate mm -hmm. motor. They call it a crate motor because they literally take it out of a crate that gets shipped from Japan and they've put it in the car. So it is a brand new engine. They'll need to run it in throughout this session. Um, Dylan's word to me before was, I don't think we're going to go for a lap time. But then again, there's a racing car driver behind the wheel. So that'll all probably just be thrown out the window. They might end up second or third on the grid. Um, speaking of racing car drivers, I got some text messages earlier on from Stephen Johnson, who's aboard the number 29 Garth Walden motorsport car. Steve didn't get a lot of time in that car. They had some electronic gremlins in it in practice number three earlier today. Um, he did a 29.5 in it yesterday, but thinks they've got pace in the 25s or 26s depending mm. on conditions, probably 26s in this heat. Stevie, though, has one of those racing car driver problems in that he's actually injured, but he hasn't been injured from going car racing or anything like that. These racing car drivers, Queensland-based ones especially, love to get out on the water. Mm -hmm. uh, Stevie went wakeboarding last weekend and might have come a cropper and tore some abdominal me uh, oh, muscles no, no, no. on his chest. So he's a bit ginger and a bit sore walking around the paddock. He says, when I'm driving... It's okay. Fast driver changes, not brilliant, but he'll battle through. Uh, so watch out for Stephen Johnson in the AMG. I tell you, you live the life as a racing car driver. On you the put edge, yourself man. in peril on when you're doing these extreme sports like wakeboarding. What's that old thing? If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. I don't know if wakeboarding's on the edge. Well. Probably, probably <laughs> shouldn't have crashed, if we're honest. Any, any, uh, any extreme sport as a racing driver, when you're, you're a pro, you, you know, you know with the, listen... Don't forget, we've we've had uh, we've had Formula One drivers and IndyCar drivers and World Endurance Champion drivers who have injured themselves playing tennis. Hmm. 
I've not seen tennis played on motocross bikes before. Though, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, I, did. I didn't even have to no, do the visual for you there. Amazing. At That's least one of those I know was uh, playing tennis on a motocross bike, which he wasn't supposed to be doing. But <laughs> full, full let's move on from that. To Steve, he did actually own up to that on his Instagram. Yeah, account very good. A, a photo of him about to get a very large needle in hospital. So. Uh, Yep, he's uh, racing with an injury, but he'll be all right. Great racing car driver, great guy, and looking forward to seeing how the AMGs go. Right, we're out now. The fast cars are on the racetrack. Uh, the serious business begins to set the grid for the high-tech oils Bathurst six-hour, at least the first 30 cars of it. Uh, and behind the wheel of car number seven, the Mitsubishi Lancer Evo, is Jordan Cox. He was unbelievable this morning, brilliantly timed, one lap run in the Evo, new tyres on, away it went and the second fastest lap of the weekend so far. Mired in a big group of traffic with uh, the 15 Race for Cure breast cancer trials car right ahead of him at the moment as he's uh, heading uh, up through the cut. In fact, he's just gone through the cutting and now coming over the top uh, of the, the mountain. And I'm not sure that's where he really wanted to be because he did that quick lap this morning, Brian, in pretty much clear air, found some space, Absolutely hit his marks, and what a lap that was. One and done. Thank you, and good night. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right at the death knock of the session, wasn't it? So he's going to be hoping to continue that on already. Look at Grant Sharon to that first timing beacon, 58.735. Quick going up, obviously. And going hard early, and I think that's going to be critical because in these hot conditions, you're going to wear your tyres out pretty quick. They're going yeah. to overheat. The cars are going to cook quickly. So you're going to bang your time in early, as early as you can at least. And now Garth Walden, fastest across the top, beaten by Jordan Cox in the Evo. So the times are going to be quick straight out of the box. There's some great driving talent out there at the moment. Stephen Johnson we mentioned. Steve Owen is out behind the wheel of the Evo Lancer. We heard from his team boss just before Grant Sharon is behind the wheel of the number 27 car and very intelligently the DPO Ford Focus Squad have let their car out right at the end of the train yeah. but they've got clean racetrack so there's no dramas and the first flying lap is a 227.8 set by Jimmy Vernon Sharon straight into the 24s wow. 24.81 it's the second fastest lap ever recorded by a production car around here the BMW M4 shows its hand very early you know what I'd park that now I well, will park that car right now. You could. We haven't seen what the M3's got yet. That's their Don't biggest care. problem. Don't care. That's a front row. I think that's a front row time, Krilzy. Oh, and, and I think you don't even take... Oh, I agree with you on you, that. You don't take any more out of your hand-cooked tyres. Uh, okay, go ahead and beat it. If you can beat it, fine. You've got 25 minutes to do it. I'm going to park the car and polish it now. Thanks very much. I agree that's a front row time, definitely. Uh, but I'm pretty certain they want to go and have a run at pole. But th So they'll need to wait and see what uh, happens when the very fast car dealer from Orange, Timothy Lay, <laughs> jumps into that rocket ship of an M3 and we see how fast it goes. And he's currently circulating now and, predictably, he's gone faster than anybody to the first sector timing intermediate on his first lap, Mark Walker. A uh, bit of an update there from the Wade Scott, Robert Gurley Evo 8. The head is off that. It's off in town being machined at the moment. They have the engine back together a little bit later on this afternoon and they do have dispensation to start rear of grid tomorrow. Thank you very much for that, Mark. Your update, of course, on that number 81 machine. So 57.5 to the first sector at the moment for Tim Lay. Also, Chaz Mostert lighting up the timing beacon at the moment to the second sector, a 38.3. He's up by... 
just over a second, in fact, on his Delta. So that's going to be an impressive lap time here from Chaz Mostert as well. Grant Sharon backed off a little bit through that first sector. Not quite a session best, but I'm still watching. If you compare that 57.5 at the moment for uh, our man Tim Lay, it's going to be somewhere towards the front, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. Mostert's thing was three seconds slower in the first split. Now, I'm not sure if he was balked, but he was three seconds slower yeah. Yeah. than Steve Owen. So he's fighting with one arm time behind his back at the moment. Johnson to third, 227.4. Good lap. Steve Owen to fourth at a 27.9. Across the line goes Mostert. He does a 226.63. Very good lap in the Ford Focus. That's third for the former Bathurst 1000 oh, champion. Top of the timing screens. Yeah. 222.9. There you go. Just moves the goalposts into a different postcode. That's comfortably the quickest lap we've ever seen around here. That's three seconds faster than pole position 12 months ago. There's all kinds of statistical records. Now I agree you park it, John. Right. Now I agree okay. you drive that into the garage. Okay, so one... You don't beat that. No, that's... I think the two BMWs at the front of the field... I mean, that's two seconds between first and second. Does Grant Sharon stay out? I'm not sure what you gain. You know, even if you get bumped down onto rule two... <sighs> Uh, it was Tim Leo, by the way, who, who did that time in the 23 car. Jordan Cox in third in the Lancer. That's the number seven car. So 39.7 from the cutting to the elbow for that pole position, provisional pole position lap. Chaz Mostert mm. did it in 38.3. Chaz was 1.5 seconds faster across the top of the mountain, but his lap time was 3.7 seconds slower overall. So that BMW hauls the mail going up the hill and then it collects all of the mail and spits it out of the mailbox going down <laughs> Conrad. That's extraordinary kind of lap time. Uh, in the other classes, uh, best of the A2 is the Carl Begg number 90. That's the shot called a refrigeration car. And that is sitting down. Actually, I took my eye off the screen there. I really shouldn't have done that. Uh, that is sitting in eighth position. And it's the fastest thing down Conrod, that car too. 265.9 k's an hour. Um, actually, on that... C63, I, yeah. I was collating some top speeds earlier on today. Uh, that car is the fastest of the weekend so far. 270.9 k's an hour. 6 k's an hour quicker than the M4 down Conrod. 7 k's an hour faster than the FPV Falcon. And a full 10 kilometres an hour quicker than Tim Lay and the BMW, though. Tim's found some straight line speed in this session and has gone a little bit faster. So the AMG, the Sherman performance, is certainly the fastest thing here down Conrad Strait. I think it's an Executive Express. Executive Express. It's a Learjet, that thing. That is very nice. Very nice. So Tim Lay, we expect him back into pit lane shortly. No, he's going to continue on. Why not continue to circulate? Now they've got an opportunity just to learn about this car. So what he's done, he did his fastest lap 222.9. His second lap was a 24.4, which still would have put him on pole, and he lost two seconds in the last sector. Yeah, he was stuck up uh, behind some traffic as he came through there. There goes the Focus. Now, did the Focus improve? In fifth position at the moment for Chaz Mostert. Uh, as didn't. Garth Walden's gone back out in the AMG A45, the number 45 car, which sits in fourth. So A1 cars now, first down to eighth position by my reckon and Brian. Just watching, uh, of course, Grant Sharon, they've backed off on this lap, so whether or not they are going to decide to take that option, as here it comes into the lane now and possibly park it as well and call it a day. And 
obviously save the equipment possibly for tomorrow because they were the headline act, weren't they, 12 months ago. Very, very quick in qualifying. Had never driven this car in race spec before and unfortunately just a couple of minutes into the race last year it was game over. So where they're deciding it probably at the moment just to park it for now, whether or not they'll park it for the remaining 19 minutes, we'll have to wait and see. Tim Slade doing a responsible job in the number 68 Evo, betting in that new engine, 233.6. So about 10 seconds off the pace and probably eight seconds off where that car should be. But looking after that brand new engine and making sure it's good to go tomorrow, they might just creep a little bit closer as the session goes on. If they can get in the top 15, I think they'll be reasonably content that they'll be out of all the drama heading into turn one and two and three and four and five on lap one <laughs> of the high-tech oils Bathurst six hour tomorrow. Yeah, the whole lap, in yep. fact. Yeah, uh, Bradley Schumacher, a local man in the pit lane now in the number 53 uh, Kelso Electricals car. That's an A1 category car, and he's done a creditable 234.8 in that Subaru. Yeah, the Subarus, for reasons that no one really can work out, have zero straight line speed. They mm. had zero straight line speed last year when James Abella was driving that car, and they had zero straight line speed the year before when Adam Proctor was driving it. They don't know why. They tried everything. They took the rear wing off. They wound the boost up. It didn't change the straight line speed. For whatever reason, the Subaru doesn't go quick in a straight line. And it's a significant gap. We're talking that car doing 235 k's an hour what? compared to 257 for the Evo. So no conceivable reason, but it just is slower. Crazy stat, isn't it? Crazy yep. stat. Wow. Update on uh, our man, Tip Slade. At the moment, 23rd overall, so they're continuing to bed that car in. Their Smart. best lap time, 2 minutes 33.6, and they're 23rd overall. Berwick Linton in the lane now, as you would. Just go and sit, have a nice cold beverage, and uh, wait for everybody else to finish this 30-minute session, of which there are 17 to go. I, I think now the fight is on for pole position in third position. And it's currently held by Jordan Cox at a 26-2. It's just a fraction in front of Garth Walton in the AMG. They're fighting over third and fourth. And Charles Most has put another good lap in. His best is a 26-6 in the Focus, 26-9 in the number 11 car that time around. I'm not convinced, gentlemen, and perhaps this is something that Mark can find out for us. I'm not convinced that all is still quite where they want it to be with that Focus. There, there was a lot of fettling and fiddling going on and changing of springs earlier on a bit of smoke we saw from from that car earlier on now the fifth position that's not bad but Chaz continuing to circulate and i think brian they they're looking for they're looking for clues before we we start the high tech Oils, Bathurst, six hours tomorrow. Yeah, looking for some ideas. I've got clarification as to what their issues were yesterday. There was a couple of electrical gremlins, apparently, but I think this session's also important for a lot of these turbo guys to understand, you know, what this car is going to do in the extreme heat that we'll have here tomorrow as well, because obviously this session is more indicative of what we'll have tomorrow uh, as well. So it gives a lot of these teams and drivers now a thorough understanding as the 27 now Sharon Rentals BMW goes back out onto the racetrack. It gives everyone a bit of an understanding as to possibly race setup. All right, now that we've got these qualifying times in, do we decide now, all right, let's just try and see what we've got in terms of a race car tomorrow because we're not going to beat that 222, that's for sure. Now, did they change the driver in the 27? You can do. Uh, 15 and half minutes to go, so we're halfway through the session. Let's uh, pick that up when it comes through one of the timing beatings. Uh, Jordan Cox, third position and in the lane in the number seven car, as is Mark. We've got Nathan Morecambe down here. Uh, Nathan, how's the focus going? We've got Chaz out there at the moment. You're all kitted up. Are you going to go out and have a run? 
Oh, I don't think I'll get out to have a go. It was just on standby. Everybody doesn't know what's going to happen, so always be ready. Um, the car's going good. Uh, we had a few heating issues on the front uh, today, which wasn't ideal, but the boys sorted out overnight. Um, and at the moment, we're the quickest we've gone around here so far, so um, we're pretty looking confident for the race. But ours isn't an outlap race, uh, outlap time. Look at that M3, this is a 19. We couldn't even imagine her doing that, so um, we just got a, a race package. Just got to, we're two of us, both smart heads, and just got to push on and try and or keep on the lead lap and just try and push on at the later stages. You had such a good race package last year, you almost got there. It's just that little problem at the end with the gearbox, so you know you've got a good race package. Yeah, we know we've got a good race package, and it was a bit of a shame, lap and a half to go last year, but to be honest, uh, even salvage that and come over second with a brand new car and debut was an awesome work by more or less the guys. Best of luck. Thank you. Nathan Morecambe and his lovely partner welcomed a uh, child into the family not too long ago here this weekend. So getting uh, some racetrack experience, which is terrific. Nathan racing in uh, GT racing and the Super 2 Series in supercars over the last couple of years. Very handy little race car driver. Lifelong mates with... Chazzy Mostert, and uh, that team currently fifth fastest. He, he does make a point that outside of those two BMWs, Brian, it really is super competitive because you've got Cox at a 26.2, Walden at a 26.2, Mostert 26.6, Stephen Johnson next at a 27.4, Jimmy Vernon in the Evo at a 27.6, and then the number 83 car at a 27.7. So super close behind them but uh, the BMW's mark off in the distance. Yeah, we've actually got a driver change down here at the moment. Lee Burgess out of the AMG Mercedes. Rod Salmon getting in, so uh, a bit of a different strategy there. Fairly evenly matched drivers, and of course Rod has a fair bit of success on the board here in 12-hour mode. It's funny, I bumped into Nathan Walker touching on him a moment ago, <laughs> saying obviously welcoming a new, a new addition into the world. Half an hour before this qualifying session, he was doing the father duties and feeding <laughs> the poor thing. So uh, he, was, uh, he was doing double duties there a moment ago and possibly dropping the, the fuel range there maybe. Uh, Grant Sharon one lap around, didn't even do a flyer, came straight back in in the second place, number 27 BMW M4. Maybe just taking the sheen off a set of tyres or bedding something in there? Yeah, that and a pit stop simulation. I would yeah, have thought they point. would go through the full two-minute 20 sequence, get your timing right from pit in to pit out, get, very your, good. get your systems checked on. Um, let's just talk about Daniel Gaunt, the very fast Kiwi who we mentioned earlier on has jumped into car 15 with the Cavich brothers. That's the race for a, a cure of breast cancer, Mitsubishi Lancer Evo. And he's just gone 10th fastest, 2.28 forwards. his first drive in the car. So that's pretty decent, and he's continuing to chip away. So that car was uh, outside the top 20 earlier on today. It's now in the 10 with the very fast Daniel Gaunt going along well. And we're inside the last dozen minutes here in terms of this final qualifying session to set pole position for tomorrow's high-tech oils Bathurst six hours live around the circuit and around the world as part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're on RS1 this Easter weekend. Thanks for taking part of your holiday weekend to be with us either here at the track or further afield. A tiny bit of cloud cover just for a moment and it has been there for but maybe 
90 seconds or two minutes. I don't think it's enough to tempt anybody back out, or is it? Because Jordan Cooks, I've just thought this has gone out. You know what? I reckon now is that, the time to get on the track. You were thinking what yep. I was. Yep. Yep. You remember the shootout at yes. Bathurst both last year and this. You get a little bit of cloud cover and the track goes, ah, oh, relief. Bang, <sighs> there's some lap time for you. Uh, and we saw that in the 12-hour the shootout last year, even in the 1,000. A little bit of cloud cover, it helps the cause. Um, so Jordan Cox has gone back out in car number seven. He's third at the moment. He's done a 26-2, which is a little bit slower than he went in practice this morning. I wonder if they've just gone, all right, mate, go on. Here's some new tyres for you. You've got 10 minutes. Let's just go and see how fast an Evo Lancer can go around Mount Panorama. Well, he did it in the last free practice session this morning, in the last yawning moment mm. when we came back out. So he can clearly switch the Hankook rubber on very quickly. He knows how to do it. Uh, where is he? He's got room on the track as well. In fairness, he's, he's popped out into a, a nice little gap. Uh, the closest car ahead of him is the Commercial Interior Projects 29 car, uh, which is uh, Stephen Johnson in sixth position in that Mercedes-Benz. And I reckon when you compare the times that we've got at the moment compared to what we saw in practice three, those around Jordan Cox at the moment have all gone faster than mm. what they did in practice session three. The only one really inside that top five that hasn't gone faster than what they did this morning is Jordan Cox. So there's probably more pace at the moment in that number seven, and he's obviously trying to prove that now going back out onto the racetrack. 25-2 this morning, uh, which still wouldn't get him on the front row of the grid for this race, which is just extraordinary because that 25-2 was quicker than pole here last year. Mm. It shows you how far the game has moved on. They'll be talking about that 22-9 for Tim Lay, though, because that's extraordinary. And they will be on pole of that, I have no doubt. Tim Lay and Berwick Linton, the Queenslander who owns and runs that car, and Bruce Linton BMW oh. up there in Bris Vegas. The 27's uh, gone back out again as well, the Sharon Rentals BMW. Grant has been exclusively behind the wheel. Ian's not got into... That car, that's the M4. That is the two-door car with the very wide arches uh, at the back. Stephen Johnson's just gone third. Great lap, Stevie J. 226.25 wow. in the AMG. Very good lap. Just bumps Jordan Cox back to fourth. And an impressive lap from the reigning Touring Car Masters champion of Australia. A uh, bit of a crazy difference between his regular ride, which is a 700-horsepower-odd 1969 Ford Mustang, uh, to a four-wheel drive, turbocharged AMG Mercedes. But nevertheless, third fastest, great lap, 26-2. That's as fast as those cars have ever gone around here. So he'll be enjoying that and beats his teammate and team boss in Garth Walden by... I can't even work that out. It's 0.03 of a second between those two cars. Uh, yes, extraordinary. Yeah, third and fifth with Jordan Cox in the middle of them. Yeah, who is 0 0.006 away from third position at the moment. BMW M3 from BMW M4. The second row is, if it was to finish here now, it would be Mercedes, AMG A45, Mitsubishi Lancer, Evo X. Row three would be Mercedes and Ford Focus. And then a couple of Lancers, then another Mercedes and another Lancer. Then the Ford, the big Ford in uh, the 11th position. And I, I'll say this for Creelsey, the, the Holden... VF, the Commodore VF Redline, yep. 13th position for that car. And comfortably on top in B2 yep. to the tune of an enormous margin that oh. I can't tell you. We've got a red flag um, because <coughs> they're the only B2 car out there, but they've done a 229.9. 
a red flag with a 59.5. Oh. And that was the, that was the out... Bert, oh, the, bra- the breathing out that you heard from Brian sitting there. Oh, there was disappointment. Unabashed and absolutely correct. Dis- yep. you were, you, Coxie was putting a, a lap together there, wasn't he? Yep, and he was already half a second up on his uh, previous best to the first sector alone. So that was a time that probably would have challenged for third, if not the front row then. so It's car, oh. car 60 at turn one, Sixty. we're being told. So that- 60 is the fierce racing car. Yeah, that's the on-track motorsport. Thomas Muller and Shane Smolin, former Porsche Carrera Cup mm. race winner uh, in the BMW 1M. So turn one, we understand. We can't see that on our timing monitor. It's quite we'll... a long way around turn one. Yeah, e- exit of Hell Corner. So yeah. it'll be from our viewpoint on the exit. So what I think's happened is he's got the exit curb there and fired the car across to that inside wall, which is why we can't see it from our... Uh, uh, CCTV monitors here. Mark Walker in the pit lane. Uh, just a quick word with Ian Sharon. Uh, no real dramas there. They're just running through their program, so they're quite content with how things are there in the Sharon Rentals entry. Yeah, you would be um, too at a, yes. a low 2.24, I think. Yes, 2.24.8. I'd be quite content, I think, around here. Well, now we've got a red flag. It, it does pose the philosophical question. and we, we Six minutes to go and counting. Yeah, and bear right. in mind there is an opportunity to extend that, whether they do or not, uh, will be up to race control. We talked about that rule, I think it was 3.18 in the regulations, where they can, uh, the organiser can impose a balance of performance on a car if it is deemed to be too far outside the rules. I think the one six, yeah, I think probably right. <laughs> Can't remember. I'm yeah, just no, making I'll, that up. I'll take your word for it. Uh, you still owe me a coffee anyway. I might um, have got a buck. Oh, it's three point one eight. Yes, get well in. Well done. <laughs> Here we are arguing over regs. We're cool people. Yeah. I'm just zipping my anorak right up underneath my chin, and I can't quite speak like I did before. Uh, explains a lot about my life. If I'm, if I'm Likewise, honest with you. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, move you, on, Chris. We're in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. okay. Honestly, just um, move along. Well, but it's a serious discussion point, and a couple of people in pit lane raised it with me after practice that 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 car is now in a different race and they've proved it by going 1.8 seconds faster than anybody 1.9 seconds and the car that it's gone 1.9 seconds quicker is very similar and also in a a race of its own because it in itself Mm. is almost two seconds quicker than the next car so is is this the point where they've gone too fast I, i think you've got to be careful though and i'm 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 not making the case for or against here i'm just putting another view that's one lap. This is a race of six hours, oh, and yeah, other I'm... things come into it other than overall speed. No, I agree Fuel, with you. How many pit stops you'll get? I'm guessing that neither of those BMWs in A1 will make it on four. Eve... No, and, and Berwick's admitted openly that they're, they're at least five. But that's it. the raw speed factor is scary because if that car's reliable, irrespective of whether they have to make five pit stops and that's the AMG an extra makes two minutes four, twenty. they're still going to win the race by a lap at that pace. Mm. That, that's the biggest problem. It's a philosophical problem that at the moment, if you've got anything other than a BMW, you can't compete on speed. And in the end, it's a motor race. Speed has got to be the ultimate deciding factor. Uh, it's an endurance race and it doesn't have to be about overall speed. And, and I think, that, as I say, I think you've got to be careful. I'm not... I'm not making the case for or against. I'm just putting an alternative view and playing devil's advocate slightly. Um, and 
Krill's July will be having a bit of an arm wrestle about this uh, later on <laughs> somewhere uh, this evening in Bathurst. I, I, I think there's other, there's other factors at play here that if you are clever and... Oh, the chequered flag's come out. Chequered... Well, on timing, it has, yeah. on timing. They've called it on timing. They probably won't waive it because the session is actually done. But, yeah, look, it's a discussion that's going to be had um, because in the end, you need to feel like you're in the same race as the cars you're competing with. Whether it's a parity formula or a balance of performance formula or not, I feel like that, that's going to raise the big question marks. If they did a low 24, perhaps, it might not get many people agitated. But because they've done a 222.9, they've just moved... They're in a different ballpark. It's extraordinary. And, and take nothing away from Tim Lay. because that, a good job. That, and that car is homologated to the same set of regulations exactly. as everyone else. It's approved by CAMS at the same set of regulations. But that, that it goes back to the homologation process. Is, is should that car have been homologated in the first yeah. place? The fact is that it has. And so that it really is beside the point. But it, it, it's going to get a lot of people offside in pit lane, and I think that's the number one thing that's going to be the drama and this evening. just quickly before we go to Mark, we spoke about last year there was Sharon Rental's car being fast. Well, they were only up by four-tenths at the end of qualifying last year. Yeah. So, again, that backs it up. Mark, down to you. Beric Linton, that's a quick race car you've got there underneath you. Uh, did you expect that much <laughs> pace from it? No, not at this time of the afternoon. I think uh, Tim's done a great job. We tried to slot him out when he get a clear track and obviously it worked. And you've got a great view of the first turn in the morning which is uh, important because it's uh, you want to be clear of any dramas in the first lap. Look absolutely and uh, you know lucky Tim's done it for me I'm, I'll start tomorrow and hopefully get us through turn one in first place and motor on from there. Obviously we talked about it earlier strategy is just going to be so important the three and a half hours maximum for a driver but you've got to do at least three hours so it's going to be uh, very tough with the two drivers yeah look it's just balancing between potential safety cars throughout the race managing the time but also managing the car now you know that's one lap tomorrow's six hours and we've got to look after brakes tires fuel and you know con concentrate on all of that so that we're there in the last half an hour to be having a shot at winning the race enjoy the prep for tomorrow and we'll see you on the grid thank you and it is a two-driver race for them as yeah. well, and not a four-drive, uh, not a three-driver race, which limits the tactical window of opportunity, which makes them a little more exposed to circumstances. And we know those cars are going to be hard on brakes, and we know they're going to burn fuel. You know, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, no, Krilzy, no. and looking at the raw speed. You know, if if I'm further down there, I'm going to be raising an eyebrow, no doubt. But let's. By the same token, gentlemen, let's not call this race and give them the trophy now. That's why it is called motor racing, yeah. and we've got six hours oh, of it tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting by any way it's a fait accompli they're going to win this thing. Absolutely not. But when you look at a timesheet and see one car 1.9 seconds ahead of everybody else, it just raises an eyebrow, and they'll look at that. So, But that's that's for people paid much more than you or I to, uh, to worry about. In the well, meantime, you, we... Like, you get paid for this. Do you not? <laughs> I need to have a word with my agent. <laughs> In the meantime, we sit back and revel in what is the That's fastest... three coffees. Yeah, correct. The fastest ever lap for a production car. Shut up. At Mount Panorama at a 
for the car dealer from Orange, Tim Lay. Mm. Uh, joke with them yesterday. I think you two blokes go all right for a pair of car dealers, given the people you're racing against. Uh, second place was the Sharon Rentals BMW, and third, with a brilliant lap at the end for Garth Walden Racing, was the uh, Platinum Nightclub Broadbeach-sponsored Mercedes-AMG. Stephen Johnson did the time at the end in the car that he'll share with Rob Woods and Marcel Zalua, which is going to be good fun. So... One, two, and three, BMW, BMW, and Mercedes-Benz. There's some Evos in the mix. There's a lot to like. She's going to be a cracking race tomorrow. Uh, we haven't got a lot of time before the historic Formula Ford comes out uh, for their second race. So let's say thanks to Mark down there in the pit lane. He'll be working with us tomorrow when we're live in sound and vision for the high-tech odds six hours. But don't forget all of the support racers who have had... Uh, an event already who've had a competitive event will be back tomorrow on the live video screen and here on RS1 as well uh, across the world. Uh, Brian, I mean, it's great, great driving, a great way to qualify. Uh, and I'm still actually very excited. I think this is a closer race than, uh, than perhaps that the timesheets would look on first glance. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hunt couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more. And I love uh, towards the end there with the comments down there with Mark. I think they half also contradicted themselves because they said, A, oh, you know, we probably didn't expect that time to come then, so there might be more speed in it. And then B, oh, yeah, but it's a reliability yeah, race tomorrow and all yeah, this correct. sort of stuff. So the typical political <laughs> question and the answer and things yeah. like that. So uh, the same old stuff, but uh, looking forward to tomorrow. Of course, 11.30 Australian time, that race will get underway. Make sure you're with us right from the start of the broadcast on RS1 and on the series website you can pick up all of the timing details for the other categories that we haven't had time to go through but we have set pole positions in all of the classes for tomorrow's high-tech oils six hours of Bathurst for Mark Richard and for Brian I'm John Hindorf thanks for being with us have a great rest of the day stroke evening wherever you are in the world and come back and join us on the Radio Show Limited network of channels for more racing for the big race day. It's Easter Sunday and yeah, I am going to do this. It is the extravaganza. We're going to have a cracking day tomorrow. Join us then. I'll stop now. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.